a fresh start here. Get your sex life back on track. What is up, sapiosexuals? Thank you for turning on Sex in South Beach with your girl, Dr. Sanjaya, America's sex educator. So the sex situation we're getting into today is all about sex and breast cancer. And to help us unpackage this very important issue that affects so many people that we all know, I am beyond honored to have my friend Evelyn Brooks with us today. Emmy-nominated and NAACP Image Award-winning television and experiential event producer, a journalist, an author, and host of the podcast, Built by a Boss. She is also a breast cancer survivor. Welcome, Evelyn. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, let's get back to vaginal dryness for just a second because... It's like 70% of all women with or without a breast cancer diagnosis will experience vaginal dryness at some point in their lives. Some statistics say three out of four, which is 75%. So with survivors, I've done some discussions where I have recommended the Mona Lisa laser because it's an outpatient non-hormonal procedure that can be done during lunch hour and three sessions minimizes pain, increases lubrication. And a lot of breast and ovarian cancers have reported better sexual functioning after it. There's also the O-Shot, which is sort of a cosmetic procedure. I don't know if you remember Kim Kardashian did a vampire facial. The O-Shot is basically a vampire facial for your vagina. It extracts blood, your platelet-rich plasma, and they spin it in a centrifuge and then inject it back into you. Basically, so your vagina can become the youthful vagina it was. <laughs> and then there's also things like lube injectors, which I really, I do sex education for people who are on the LGBTQ plus spectrum. And that's where I first started recommending lubrication injectors. And it can go very deep into you. And I was recently on a girl's trip and my girlfriends, because we're all either perimenopausal or menopausal or a survivor or something, she's like, no, I have these suppositories. I put them in three hours before I have sex. And they are so wonderful. They're tasteless. They're odorless. And her doctor is giving them to her. So I'm wondering, did your doctor ever talk to you about those? Or you may want to try this or did anyone ever talk to you about those specific things? Yeah, I remember she mentioned it, it was kind of like at the, the tail end of my treatment. Um, I was into radiation at that point, right? So I think, um, and I had a wonderful doctor. My doctor uh, was Dr. Christy Funk. She's in California and she wrote a beautiful book about breast cancer. And so she was just a dream. Um, and she basically kind of parsed out the information. So it was, it's kind of like when you're done with radiation and you got your purse on your shoulder and it's like, okay, back to life, <laughs> <laughs> you know, those conversations that, you know, start to come up a little bit. And so, and I think I know the girlfriend that you're talking about, but I, um, I tried a couple of things. And I found different things work, but initially I tried, 
I think they were all suppositories, yes. but it was like some little tube and then you pushed it. You have to do a combination because sometimes you want to be spontaneous. Sometimes you have time to, to do the, the three hour suppository. And then sometimes you just need to run in the bathroom and just like. <laughs> I hear you, but it's good to know that. You had that internal desire to want to do it because I think that's a big fear. People feel like they might lose the desire to even want to have sex. And so I think that that's- Well, let me tell you this. The desire is something that you have to work on creating within yourself. And this is what I mean by that. The process takes a lot out of you. It takes energy. You have a lot of energy. Um, it's kind of changed how you feel about yourself. You may or may not be able to go back to work right away, or maybe you were working the entire time, but what you have to do is kind of create the new normal for yourself. And you have to decide, I want to be sexual. I want to be intimate. You have to kind of push yourself to do it because those desires, you know, it may not come back as fast as you want. So what I believe is that you have to put yourself in position. And so what I mean by that, you go create a, a weekend away, right? Because when you're ready to have sex, you don't necessarily want to your first time having sex after cancer to be in the same bed where you just had cancer, where you were just healing. So take yourself out of that environment, right? And do something different. Go to, you know, a, a beautiful resort or a hotel or whatever, and do it in a different bed, in a different room, in a different environment, wearing something that you've never worn before. This hair, this was my cancer hair, just so you know. I wore oh, this today. So, so, yes. So I, I lost my hair. It grew back. And I'll just say my hair is like the middle of my I back now. But she when, has a full head of long hair. <laughs> yeah, very. Yes. But I wore this wig because I wanted to show that your hair does start to grow back. There are some days when you're like, I'm going to rock this bald head. And then there are other days where you don't want to be bothered. There are days when you want to feel sexy and cute. And I had a whole wig collection. And this was my go-to. So I, I decided to wear it today, you know. So just to give ideas that you can decide how you want to move through this experience Yes, the doctor said you have a, con a cancer diagnosis. Yes, do everything you can to heal your body. In the meantime, you're still here. You're still alive. You still have people who love you. And so, you know, put that energy into how can I create moments, pockets of joy in this experience? And sex is part of it intimacy is part of it. And what you said was really important. Plan a fantastic date. 
like a fantastic experience that's new. And I, anyone listening, this goes for even if you haven't gone through cancer, when you can plan something special and new for you and your partner to experience together, that's eye-opening. And it's like, let's get a fresh start here. Let's do a reset here and see what we, what we don't know yet. Um, I think that's really, really an important perspective. And we both danced around this, but I think really what's underlying what you're saying is rather than trying to rebuild your old sex life, let's start something new that maybe has expanded boundaries that looks a little different. Maybe there's some role playing where you're putting on, you know, no, baby, wear, wear the redhead wig or wear the short curly one or the long (laughs) one. So you have now you have your characters and it was due the developing your role playing characters happened during a time when you were trying to make yourself feel and look better while you were recovering. And that really is, you know, these pockets of joy um, that can really help to stimulate a new, you know, a new normal, as you said earlier, a new yeah. normal. And I think that that's really, really important. There's one exercise I often prescribe to long-term couples who want to reignite intimacy And lately, I've been talking with survivors about it, sensate focus exercises, which are basically four weeks of exercises for couples to really get to relearn each other's pleasure points, each other's bodies, Mm. and air quotes here, but no intercourse is allowed for the first three weeks as you guys are doing these sensual exercises to learn what each other likes, what temperature should the room be? Do you like soft pressure here? Or do you want it firmer here? Mm -hmm. You know, do you want my hand flat? Do you like a pointy finger? Same with your tongue, all different things. And you might discover Mm -hmm. erogenous zones that were there all along, but no one had ever stimulated them. And when you were saying, go away to a resort for a weekend, you know, wear one of your favorite wigs, it really made me think about, yeah, it's a great opportunity to also start some sensate focus exercises. And in the time span of a month, you can have a new, exciting, you know, level of intimacy, a refreshed connection that really isn't like your old sex life was, which as many people know, most people are not walking around the world having the sex life of their dreams before they get it diagnosed. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. (laughs) And then so you're like, well, now I got a diagnosis. I got to live. And when I live, I'm going to have some better sex, damn it. (laughs) So I think that's really, really good advice and really relevant. So the next question I wanted to ask you is you have really become a leader in the field of health. I teach yoga, um, I teach yoga for better sex, but you teach all different modalities of yoga and you also are a Reiki master. Really, you've launched programs that help women all over the world. And when I first met you, you were a television producer. I wanted to say she was just a television producer, but you know, and now this resume goes on and on. I think you have different resumes for your different professions. So did your diagnosis (laughs) and your recovery have anything to do with how you jumped into this health and wellness space? It certainly did. In terms of the yoga, my mother did yoga. So I was introduced to it at a very young age. And so I always did it as a practice. 
Um, but what happened during the diagnosis, um, when you're healing, you have a lot of time to think, you know, you, you're alone with yourself. Um, you're meditating, you're meditating or you're mad, you know, it's all of your triggers, your buttons, everything is being pushed, um, during this period of time. And so you really have to decide. And I keep saying you have to decide, but that was a key thing for me. You have to decide I'm going to live. You, you're, you have to decide I'm going to heal. You have to decide I am going to allow myself to be changed by this experience. And so, so that was the first thing. So then the thing that really helped me get through this experience was I had to have something to look forward to in my life. Something I wanted to do. I had a lot of time on my hands. So I had to figure out, well, what is uh, something I could do that did not require a lot of energy, so to speak, but that's on my bucket list. I learned how to sew from my mother. So I started like making like lavender eye pillows and things like that. So that's how it started. Then I was like, I love candles. So I learned how to make candles. Through that process, I started to use the candles to help me set goals, right? So it was like, imagine what I wanted, release what's not working and just giving myself something to do really. And so I created this whole candle line while I was going through my recovery. And then I started to like sell it at markets and things like that. I feel like the fact that I'm here is a result of coming up with something to do. Having a goal is what got me to the other side. So then I just take these candles and then I created something called the Intention Candle Making Experience. And initially, I did it just for women who were survivors of breast cancer. I still do. But the goal was to help women that were going through a breast cancer diagnosis look forward, not at what your life used to be, not ruminate about how terrible this moment is, but what is what is available to me? What do I still want to do? I wanted to use this as a way to instill hope. So I started these workshops. So in the workshop, we make a candle from scratch. We journal, we write intentions, and uh, we do a Reiki meditation, which requires you to pour energy into your body to connect with your body. It creates a fellowship, a womanship, a personship with everyone who has had this experience, an accountability partner, somebody to check in. How are you doing today? And then I noticed that a lot of times when you have some type of cancer diagnosis, you're trying to figure out how to get your body moving again. And so I started doing kind of slow flow, yin yoga. And so now it's just, it's coming together. I think it's beautiful because I was able to take this experience that I had that I could speak to directly. I'm not like making this up. I went through this experience and these are the tools that I use to get me on the other side of health. You know, people go through all types of things. So it's not always breast cancer. It's, it's what whomever and 
whatever your situation is, we all need a way forward. We all need to figure out tools to have in our tool chest so we can focus on our wellness. Absolutely. And if you want to join Evelyn, I think you have a virtual class every Sunday, your slow flow yoga. They could register on your website, right? In my solitude, la.com and have a connection with you. And also on that same website, you can find out more about intention candle making. Intention candle making is something that women really find um, helpful wherever they are in their life, but particularly if you are trying to figure out your what's next or reinvent yourself or just want to want to look forward in life and, and kind of mine and dig deeper and figure out, you know, what part of my, my gift, my talent have I not explored? Wow. That is awesome. This has been such a wonderful and enlightening conversation for me. And I know that so many people are now inspired and that they do have something to look forward to. And I hope that people go to your website because it is a supportive environment to help you move through as Evelyn said, not just cancer, but any sort of time in your life where you either feel stuck or you feel like you want to make a move forward, but you're not quite sure of what that path looks like. Evelyn, can you give us your handles? How can people reach you? Well, I'm on Instagram, Evelyn Brooks. My name is spelled E-V-O-L-Y-N Brooks. Um, in my solitude is at in my solitude LA on Instagram. I teach virtually on uh, Sundays at four o'clock Eastern. And then I also do an in-person class in New York. The area is called Tuckahoe in Westchester. I'm at a studio called Prana Yoga. And I do um, a slow flow yoga class there in addition to a yin yoga class there as well. So We'll make sure that we have all the ways to connect with Evelyn in the show notes. And there will also be a link to her podcast about women leaders built by a boss and how they established their professional expertise and what that journey was like. Evelyn, last chance. If there's someone out there right now who is just diagnosed with breast cancer or is on their way to treatment or leaving a clinic right now from treatment, what's one piece of advice you would want them to know? That you are worth every question, every moment, everything you deserve. You're worth it. You're worth the, the work, the effort, and love on yourself, love on yourself because you deserve the best and know that you, you're going to be okay. I love that. Love on yourself. I tell everybody every day, nobody is ever going to love you like you do. Yes. So take that advice to heart. Love on yourself. Thank you so much for being with us today, Evelyn. Everyone, you know the deal for your daily dose of Nookie knowledge. Check me out on all the social media networks. That's Dr. Sanjaya. D-R-S-O-N-J-I-A on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Come on, you know you want to link up. Y'all, it was especially wonderful with Evelyn Brooks here. I can't wait to talk to you guys again next time at Sex and South Beach, where everyone comes for happier, healthier sex.
Don't you deserve great sex? Turn on the Sex in South Beach podcast to level up your love life. Sex in South Beach, hosted by Dr. Sanjaya, America's only Ivy League educated sexologist and medical professor at the University of Miami. Find Sex in South Beach on iTunes, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Sex in South Beach, where everyone comes for happier, healthier sex. <laughs>